Welcome to Lame Stream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. If you like this show, write it into your favorite Christmas time uh, carol and go sing it on the front door of someone else. Uh, and if you really, if you really, really love this the, uh, this thing we do, this podcast, you know, do the cards. Go full love actually on someone else's uh, on someone else's doorstep. First of all, two questions: A, have you had your coffee? Two, it sounds a lot like a newspaper man putting a URL into print. There's a lot what that sounds like. Uh, if, hey, this uh, is how we'll promote the podcast. We'll put the URL in a magazine. That'll work. At, at one point, at one point in the <laughs> early '90s or the, the 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 late '90s, the Dallas Morning News had this thing called QCAT, and they sent you a bar they sent you a barcoder, uh, a barcode reader. That would that would attach to your computer, and so if you wanted to read more about a story, you would just scan it over a barcode at the end of every story. It was wow. the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Um, okay, so today on the show, uh, hey, I was able to put us in the ditch in the first two minutes. <laughs> today on the show, it is a bit of a weird topic today, and uh, but a fantastic uh, a guest because. At Board Geniuses, who will remain anonymous as per his request on the show. His name will be Pete. For for this is our first anonymous guest on the show, Steve. It's <clears> kind of <throat> cool. Um, he has started the Twitter account at Board Geniuses. It is essentially an aggregator of all the craziest things you could possibly read across all college football message boards, and it's something the world has needed for a long time. So we wanted to talk with Pete about why it got started, how it got started. It blossoms into a conversation about audience size and growth and monetization and virality and authenticity and all these other, other things that, that we're going to talk to about with him. We also had a little more time on the back end to sort of discuss the differences between social media message boards um, and, and sort of how all that stuff works and why it's why his product has been successful. So make sure you tune in for that. Ratings and recommendations as well coming up in just a minute. Um, however, Steve Cavendish, Lamestream Sports is brought to you by? Brought to you by Jaspers. Always Jaspers. They have a cocktail named The Gold Standard, which is another great podcast you could listen to. They have drink specials and food specials during Preds games, Home and Road. So you should go check that out. They've got Christmas gifts for you as well. We'll tell you a little bit more about that a little bit later on in the show. The parking is always free. The food is always awesome. And the sports bar has sports evolved. Come on, Steve. It's evolved. It's constantly evolving. It's always evolved. Drink more coffee. Without any more conversation from us, go to Jasper's, by the way. Here was our conversation with a man who will be named only as Pete. But you can follow him on Twitter at Board Geniuses. Well, we'd like to welcome to the show at Board Genius on Twitter. And for the duration of this conversation, you would like to be known as Pete. Is that correct? Welcome to the show, Pete. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So uh, if people do not know about this Twitter handle, they're missing out. Make sure you go follow them. I, I know you got the Instagram account and the website and everything as well. You basically are, are sort of a, a message board aggregator for college football fans. And you've been doing this since August of 2020. Uh, it is an absolute must follow for any college football fan or any human. And let's just get started with the idea and the concept, I got started working at Rivals.com, so I got started in, the, in my career working around message boards. I got a little too close for comfort. <laughs> um, <laughs> so sort of take us through the idea of when you just decided to 
to launch the Twitter handle and, and the impetus behind all of it? Well, you know, I, I wish I could pinpoint back to one instance where I came up with this great idea and I decided to run with it and I thought it was going to be huge and awesome, but I mean, I really can't. I, I always, uh, visited message boards and, um, message boards that I visited. I always, uh, was kind of shocked at how irrational some people would be. And even on my own home message board for a lot of, you know, I knew who a lot of the people who posted were, and I would see some things they posted and I couldn't quite reconcile what they were posting with the person that I actually knew was actually posting that. And so, you know, I got kind of curious and I just kind of visited a lot of different boards and I found a lot of different funny stuff. And so I thought, well, it would be funny if I just shared all this stuff that, that I found and see if other people thought it was hilarious as I thought it was. And I, eventually, I guess some people do think it's as hilarious as I think it is. <laughs> now, now you're a Utah State guy. And, and I am. <laughs> one, one of the things that that is hilarious to me is that I understand this as because I grew up here in this in 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 SEC country. I grew up around Nashville. I, I understand the uh, Auburn people. Well, <laughs> I'll I'll just I'll just politely and we'll we'll just politely call it mania uh, around uh-huh. around message boards and 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 some of the links that people go to. I wouldn't think that like at Utah state that you would find like, you would find like the crazies out there, but apparently the crazies are everywhere. They are. It was really just a question of extent or a question of degree because all fan bases have the exact same fans. But for example, if you compare Auburn to Utah state, Auburn just has more fans. So naturally they're going to have more crazy people, (laughs) but Oh, they're there for everybody. Yeah. It doesn't matter what school you're from. You'll find them. So obviously we're, we're right in the middle of, you know, silly season coaching carousels, which is like primo prime time message board content uh, era. <laughs> can you can you try to explain to people what your daily routine looks like to keep up an account that now has a pretty large following that, that people expect entertainment from now? Like, can you, what does your day to day look like? Well, I mean, I'll visit, I'll make kind of the rounds of message boards, maybe uh, four or five times throughout the day. And based on what's going on, I mean, I have a general idea of what boards to visit. For example, <laughs> right now, obviously Oklahoma, Notre Dame, uh, Clemson, uh, Miami, USC, you know, uh, Cincinnati, those boards obviously are LSU. Once, <laughs> LSU, exactly. Wants to keep an eye on because of things that are going on. Um, but you know, so I'll kind of just make the rounds throughout the day, um, go on the message boards where I think I might find something. And usually it's pretty easy to spot. Where are the, the heat seekers that nobody kind of thinks about? Like for instance, like exclude the sec here for a minute. I mean, like I can imagine that for instance, the Washington state boards with Rick roll with Rolovich this year got a little nutty. Or uh, you know, USC has been in a sort of a state of flux here for the past six months now. What would you, you know, where are where are the places that that people wouldn't necessarily think to go to, to find some 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 just kind of insane behavior? Well, USC kind of is one. Um, another one, and I know people will think that I'm saying this just because I'm a Utah State fan and I don't like them, but another one is BYU. Uh, you'll find some absolutely crazy stuff. Uh, 
on that board. <laughs> Arizona State, Arizona, a little bit. Uh, you'll find some stuff there. Boy, what about Iowa? Think. What about Iowa? Iowa State for sure. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Iowa and Nebraska. Yeah. yeah, you'll find stuff there, and uh, Ohio State, of course. So the where are the what what are the 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 natural factors that you look for when when you're when you're gonna when you're gonna zoom in on a specific school or or, or a couple of schools? So like for instance, coaching searches are, are are always a big one, but recruiting can be part of it. What what are the what are the you know the the factors that you look for that you're like oh well I've really got to I've really got to look at for instance Michigan State right now. Well, the first thing you look for is is a loss, obviously, right? If someone loses or in Oklahoma's case, a near loss to Kansas, something like that. (laughs) Um, Right. You know, people are going to be fired up after a loss because everybody expects to win every game. Um, And, you know, you're going to find people wanting people fired or benched or whatever. So I'm usually that, or if, you know, you're leading up to a big rivalry game or obviously coaches firing or anybody who has a coach that's on the hot seat is always a good place to go, um, regardless of if they win or lose, um, like Miami, for example, um, until they fire many Diaz, that'll always be a good place to find stuff. <laughs> go back. Do you have any recollection of the Tennessee situation with Jeremy Pruitt at the end of it all. And then it runs through this weird cycle in the off season, sort of late in the coaching process. And then the AD search happens. Like what are your recollections of, of what you acquired during the the Tennessee process? I don't have a lot of specific recollection without going back and look, but I remember that everybody was pretty fired up. And if I recall correctly, they weren't real happy with, uh, I think they were okay with Danny White, if I remember, but I know they weren't okay with Hypo. It seemed like a plan F kind of a hire, I think, to them. <laughs> and if I remember right, um, I don't think I found anybody that was real supportive of the Josh Hypo hire. And, you know, even until recently, I'm not sure that anybody's really been fully on board with it. Do, do you find it interesting, like, because you kind of have a, because you have your finger on a pulse of all these different fan bases, and I'm, again, we kind of have to exclude Auburn from every conversation that we have because it's Auburn. <laughs> but but like, do, do, do you sort of see how it's almost like you're watching the tides of these fan bases, right? Because like you can see them through one 2020 campaign and then a coach firing and then now they're back on board with Josh Heupel. So like in general, do, do you feel like you're seeing a, a large, a larger picture of how fan bases interact with each other and with their school and their coach and their team? Um. Usually I'm not that focused on, on a large picture like that, but, you know, for example, you use Tennessee for an example. I, I don't float over to the Tennessee board that often because anytime I do, there's really not, there's really not anything outrageous on there at this point. Nobody's too upset about anything, uh, at least that I'm, that I've seen or that I'm aware of. And so, you know, I'll float over there every once in a while, but I don't really see much. So, I mean, I guess I've kind of seen in Tennessee as an example, you know, maybe a settling in of a fan base or settling down of a fan base uh, for a little bit. Um, but, you know, I look, I typically just look at results and what's going on now in terms of where should I go. It's interesting that you're kind of operating in a couple of different, in, in two very different worlds, uh, social media, which tends to be a viral sort of place, Twitter, which tends to be a, a much more viral sort of place versus uh-huh. the, versus the message boards, which can be, super intense and and you're and, and drilling kind of way down into 
into a subject. What Pey- peyote, for example. <laughs> that's a funny one yeah so so tell so so tell people about i mean the peyote uh example is a great one tell people about uh, about this this peyote post and and kind of what type of person comes to a college football message board <laughs> to tell that story yeah i think that post was from a toledo fan i think i think it was right before they played notre dame this year and I don't recall the specifics off the top of my head, but he kind of uh, told a, about a peyote trip that he had where one of the coaches, uh, I think it was like the offensive line coach, visited him in some vision and uh, disclosed to him how they were going to beat Notre Dame. It was funny. It was one of the funnier posts that I've seen. You know, posts like that, I, I can't ever really tell if it's serious or if it's someone just trying to be funny. But to be honest, I don't know that I really care because it's funny one way or the other, right? Whether he's whether that really happened to him or whether he's just making that up. Either way, in my mind, it's pretty funny, and I think everyone's going to think it's funny, uh, regardless of if it's just a a story or not. So, one of my favorite ones was um, kind of took off in the SEC was that the reason Texas A and M is struggling is that Jimbo Fisher is vaccinated. Um, that, that was, that, that was one of my personal favorites. What, what are some of your favorite SEC posts where you just like, like you said, you just shake your head and you go, I can't believe I'm reading this. Yeah, that one was funny. And I try not, I try to stay away from political posts, vac- vaccine posts, anything like that. But that one was too funny uh, for me not to post. Um, so that one, the vaccine post with Jimbo Fisher was funny. I'm trying to remember some of the other ones I've talked about. Another one that was SEC related. I don't know if anyone thought it was as funny as me, but some Clemson fan posted about Kirby Smart sweating when he ate meat or something like that. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of funny Kirby Smart ones, either making fun of how Kirby Smart looks or acts, um, mostly from Clemson fans, ironically, but those are funny. Um, early on, there were some funny ones about Josh Heupel and eating at buffets and things like that that I thought uh, – I thought were pretty funny. Um, there's, I always get a kick out of the Alabama fans complaining about Saban. I've seen a lot of those recently about Saban. Maybe he's over the hill, or maybe he's, you know, kind of outdated. Uh, I think those are funny. Do you, Do you think that uh, it's interesting that you're doing this in a time of of relative calm among the Alabama fan base because they're <laughs> because they've been winning so much here recently. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, do you think it would be funny? Uh, do you think it'd be funny to have like an like a like an eight and four Bama season just to see just the explosiveness that would happen on the Alabama boards? Oh, I can't even imagine. Obviously, I wasn't I wasn't doing this uh, back in those days for Alabama, but I can't even imagine what that would be like. I mean, if they get down seven to nothing, I mean things get nuts over there. So I can only imagine if they lost four games, uh, what that would be like. Because it's interesting because. The, I mean, everything that you're talking about is uh, on these fan bases is irrational expectations. And, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, for Alabama, the irrational expectations have largely come true here for the last, you know, for the last <laughs> decade. Uh, the, the, the Saban piece of it uh, is really funny because everybody else views him as sort of, you know, this sort of godlike figure because he's had so much success outside of Alabama. And yet you just pointed out there's some people, there's some people on these Alabama boards that would definitely love, you know, that, that, that think that there's something better out there because, you know, Saban's not winning the national championship every single year. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same with Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley, right? I mean, there were thousands of posts on those boards wanting him fired or gone. And now all of a sudden he leaves and they're all upset about it. Well, yeah, they should be pleased that he's gone. <laughs> that was the sentiment early on. It just goes to show how emotional people get and how they say stuff on there that they probably don't really believe deep down, but in the heat of the moment. And that's what's funny about it. You know, it's all in the heat of the moment. Uh, and it come, comes down on on paper, I guess you could say. What what has the reactions been to like have you sort of charted out Florida with Billy Napier, their new coach, LSU Brian Kelly being announced this week? Have you what what is the temperature and the pulse on the boards of those two very large decisions by two very powerful universities in the SEC? Oh, everybody loves it. They're both gonna win the national championship. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how that's gonna work, but um they both have many national championships to come in the in the near future. Uh, yeah, I mean they everybody seems happy so far. Everybody always gets, it's like recruiting day. Everybody has the, they get everybody they wanted. I do want one coach one time to step to the podium and just be like, we got nobody we were trying for. We, did, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't get any backup offensive linemen. We got no corners, um, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, sp- speaking to sort of how your account took off. And I do think uh-huh. that there is an entire generation of people and I'll include my children in this <laughs> that are, literally just looking for the quickest, easiest possible way to become some sort of influencer, social media, whatever it may be. I know that I'm, I'm, I'm acting like a geriatric millennial here, but <laughs> there, there is an element to like when your account, you were doing this for a while, pick out of pure love of sort of like an enjoyment of the message board community and sort of the absurdity of it all, almost like in a satirical way. But then it starts to take off. Like what what is it that you felt was the key to the growth of that and how do you now approach the job or the the opportunity or the activity, whatever, how do you sort of view it differently now through a prism of a much larger, much larger audience? Well, if you want me to pinpoint when it took off, I'm not quite sure. It was sometime around the 1st of August and I started to get more followers. And one day I noticed that Scott Van Pelton followed. And so I kind of just took a screenshot of the fact that he had followed me and posted it and then he responded to it. And then I, from that point, it just kind of steamrolled down. And there was like Pat 40, Brett McMurphy, Stuart Mandel, um, Mike Gullick Jr. All these, all these mainstream media guys with thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers started following and retweeting it. And it just kind of, uh, took off from there. So I guess I would go back and give the credit to Scott Van Pelt, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Paul Feinbaum even followed for about five minutes and then he unfollowed me. I'm not quite sure <laughs> if that was a, I don't know if that was a mistake or not, but he, be, uh, he meant his, to use his burner his account. He was at least looking at it, if nothing else. Uh, I know that, but in terms of how I approach it differently now, I don't know that I really approach it any differently now, other than I'm, I guess I'm more cognizant that there are more people out there. So I do try to not be too controversial in anything. Um, stay away from politics and all those sorts of things um, for that reason. So important settings question here. Are your uh, DMs open? And uh, yeah. what are your DMs like these days? How do you think we have Pete on the show today, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're open. Believe it or not, I get, I don't think I've ever really got an angry DM from anybody. Um, and so I'll get people who will just message me that they like it. Um, a lot of the guys that I mentioned earlier reached out and said, Hey, uh, I like the account. And then I'll get people who will send me stuff 
screenshots from message boards or links uh, to go look at. Not a ton, but you know, I get a handful every day, some of which I use and some of which I don't. But yeah, nobody's, I haven't really managed to get anybody too riled up yet. I, w- I would think I would think having your DMs open might, like you said, might be good for tips and 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 good for uh-huh. people to, uh, uh, good for people to kind of kind of point you in a in a in in a direction that maybe you haven't seen. Yeah, yeah, I I do get some tips and it it is it is helpful. Um, so as long as I don't start getting uh, uh, dirty pictures or dirty uh, DMs, <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep them open. <laughs> Well, and again, you probably haven't spent too much time thinking about this. The Steve and I are these, you know, media nerds, but like, there isn't there is an element of you found something that you sort of truly love, that is very authentic, that you enjoy, that is also entertaining, and and now you're just sort of collecting it for everybody into one singular place. Like, there is a lesson in there somewhere about how to work the internet to a successful result, right? Like, it's just sort of authenticity meets entertainment meets sports passion meets sort of like I'm taking the time and effort to put it all together for people. And it's why you've picked up steam. Right. I mean, is that, is that the lesson here? Yeah, I think so. And I didn't really think about it that way when I started doing it. Um, I didn't check and see, Hey, is anybody else doing this? But yeah, I mean, I think that's it. People, um, they like to go to one place to get all their stuff. And I guess my account kind of brings that all to them. If you were to get to, I don't know what the, the, the tipping point is for you. Because you've talked a lot about like I don't even really care if it's if it's true or not because because message boards are a very <laughs> a lot of gray area in message boards. Um, uh-huh. Eventually, if you get to a point where you're too big and you're you have too much of an audience, is there ever a moment where you have to sort of begin to decipher what's real, or do you do you put a disclaimer out saying this is just for fun? Like where at some point you will have so much influence that you have to be careful with what you're posting or is that everybody just understands that it's parody? Like how to, have you thought about that at all? I've tried to be a little more cognizant of that. So yeah. And try to at least make it obvious that I don't necessarily think that this is true or I'm not vouching for it. You know, if I post some crazy rumor, I'll always put, Oh, this is highly credible information hoping to signal that, Hey, this is some sarcasm here. I don't really necessarily believe this. I mean, if it turns out to be true, great. But I mean, I think that's what all the posters do. They're posting it, not necessarily knowing if it's true and hoping that, Hey, if it's, if it is true, then, you know, everybody's going to look to me as the, the, the big insider. But I think most people see it for what it is, which is, Hey, I'm just showing you what this guy is saying and I'm not vouching for the veracity of it. I'm putting it out here because I think it's funny. Um, and that's really it. You're not vouching for the veracity of their peyote trip. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, even though sometimes people, I think people do have real information on there, and maybe I put it out as, "Hey, I don't believe this, but here it is," and it turns out to be true. But you know, it is what it is, I guess. So, so in the in the message board world, there are there are free boards and there are paid boards. Where, Uh where do you find, where do you find more material? Well, I mean, I go, I go to both, but I think the crazier stuff is on probably on the free boards uh, (laughs) for obvious reasons. I mean, that's where people, the most, uh, the the most posters are. And, you know, for some reason, I think you find crazier stuff on there. How much do you have tied up in, uh, in paid board accounts right now? Really not very much. (laughs) Um, Really. I mean, it's nominal to be, to be honest with you. What's interesting is, and again, as someone who sort of 
learned about message boards early in my career and then kind of got away from them, not necessarily on purpose, but just sort of happened. What's fascinating about the message board is is how completely meaningless and pure, purely entertainment it can be on one side. But you also know that like the three or four largest boosters for like every major school are also on there with like fake names who are actually in boardrooms deciding some of these major decisions for some of these schools. And so and can't I, help themselves, but can't, dribble some of this out and can't help themselves. So like you said, some of it's going to be true. Some of it's not. Some of it's just, is it because you are one of the people that just enjoyed being on a message board that you found this path? What is it about the message board community that sort of creates that dynamic, I guess? The, the anonymity, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, the anonymity does have some to do with it. I mean, I think people ultimately go to the message boards because it is a, a bit of a community right? Everybody has a shared interest. It's a place where people share information. And I think people just want to have information, whether it's true or not. People want to have like this this bit of what they think is inside information that they got from someone who's claiming to be an insider, you know, and they feel a little bit closer to the program. Obviously, everybody's kind of emotionally tied to the program. And it's kind of like a big family in there. Um, so, uh, um, you know, I don't know if that answers your question or were like did you were you on message boards the entire time before you did this? Is that part of your college football fandom? <laughs> I I honestly never I've never posted on a message board my entire life. I obviously read message boards for the same reason that I think I just named that everyone else does is to kind of see what's going on, see what everyone else is saying, just kind of keep up to date and you know, I just started seeing all this crazy stuff, but you know, so yeah, I I've, I've always visited them, but I've never uh, I've never posted on any message boards. Uh, maybe I need to start. Some people have accused me by, of making posts and then posting them. They think that I'm the one that makes them up and then posts them. Um, I know some people have uh, have said that, but I certainly don't go to that extent. No. That, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a exactly. lot. Of, that's a lot of logins to remember. <laughs> yeah, a lot. So, but no, I, I, I don't post. But I've always. Um, always visited message boards. So what's the state of, uh, what's the state of of the Utah state message boards these days? Uh, Hey, everything's good right now. They're playing in the championship game on uh, Saturday, the basketball team's six and one. So everything's good right now. Not so good last year, but uh, it's good now. When, when you transition into kind of basketball, what is the, uh, is there, are you looking for similar things or, or is there something about basketball that, that, you know, is going to be more of a, is going to be, is going to be lower hanging fruit than something in football or what, what are you, what are you looking for there? Well, like during the off season, I mean, I still, I'm looking for a football post cause that still kind of rules the day basketball. I, I look for kind of the same stuff, but obviously I go to different places. So, you know, I'm probably going to Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Indiana, not spending uh, a lot of time season. on the Gonzaga football boards, are, are you? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm still always doing the same things, but if I'm looking for basketball specific, it's probably just different different boards that I'm going to you, uh, you, for the most part. You obviously have a full-time you know, career and life and existence outside uh-huh. of, of this, you know, this uh-huh. Twitter account that you've grown. Do you Have you thought about what the future could be as far as what this looks like? What do you want it to be? Do you want it to just stay free and fun and silly and – sort of entertainment? Is there an opportunity for you to grow it into something bigger than that? Like what, what are sort of your aspirations around what you've sort of built here? 
Well, I mean, I've never, I never really had any aspirations. You know, I recently I've gotten a few proposals and requests and um, things like that on the side that have maybe caused me to think a little bit more. But um, at this point, I don't have any any plans to do anything differently. Um, certainly, take a significant uh, change in plans to make me quit my real job <laughs> to, to do this. But I guess you never know. Uh, so, so very important question here in all this. What does your wife think of uh, of of all of this and kind of the growth of it? Oh, she doesn't really care. She doesn't really know <laughs> know too much about it, nor does she care. She's not a huge football fan or even sports fan, really. So maybe this is where I get my my ability to enjoy uh, discussing football outside of work. I, I don't want you to sort of divulge details here. That's not why I, I want to uh, ask this, but I am curious uh, about monetizing an audience. And because at some point, uh, like it's either taking up too much of your day and you can't do other yeah. things or, and it grows to a point where it's too much and you do have to, there's a tipping point in there for sort of your amount of effort and time versus zero revenue versus some revenue. So when you think about the, the monetization and somebody does come to you with a proposal or whatever, like, are you just looking at, Hey, I'd like to keep this as sort of the side gig. Here's my real job where I make 99% of my revenue or whatever, because that, I mean, that, that is the end goal for a lot of people that start these types of things is like, man, I'd love to be able to make a little money on this. What's the thought process? I mean, you obviously are, are pretty smart. You've built a really cool product here. What is the sort of thought process behind what that would take, what that looks like to, again, if you're, if you're working 15 hours a day on this, like eventually there's a tipping point where your, your boss and your wife are like, Hey, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> yeah, you're giving me a little too much credit by saying I'm smart because I haven't really uh, uh, considered a whole lot. I mean, I guess my answer would really be there that it would have to be something that would make it worth my while. I mean, some of the proposals and things that I've gotten, you know, so far really don't really register on the Richter scale for me. Um, and so, you know, it would really have to be something that would make me, that would really have to register to me and I just haven't really gotten that and it's not a space that I have a lot of experience in to be honest with you and so you know I haven't really gone out of my way to pursue opportunities um, I don't have the contacts or really the ability to do that so you know I've kind of just kept it the way it is at some point it may reach a tipping point I don't know how or when that would be but you know if it does I guess I'll cross that bridge when I come to it and have a tough discussion with my wife. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, uh, Pete, for hanging out with us. Uh, you, you've created uh, a really entertaining, there's very few things on Twitter that I go to, to like, to, to, to go laugh. Like I, I, I use a lot of things on Twitter for, information, <laughs> for, for communication, for promotion, you know, all those things, right. To communicate with people. But I, there's very few where I just go and I just find entertainment and uh, you, you are one of them. I think keeping what you're doing is exactly the right plan. And uh, we'll be following and we'll enjoy a, a whole December and January of more coaching news. Um, uh, you know, just be careful when Lane Kiffin leaves, check out that Ole Miss board beat, keep an eye on Kentucky. You know, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> since, as you mentioned, Cincinnati. So you know what you're doing. Thank you so much yeah. for giving us a few minutes, man. We appreciate it. Everybody board genius is the Twitter handle. Go check it out. You will not be disappointed. Thank you, Pete, for giving us some time, man. We appreciate it. Hey, thank you, sir. Thank you both. Lamestream Sports is a podcast about Nashville sports media and business, along with Steve Cavendish of the Nashville Banner. It's all brought to you by Jaspers, always brought to you by Jaspers, 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 Jaspers. That's right. 
It is, in fact, Jasper's. I can conf- can confirm. Hashtag can confirm that it is, in fact, brought to you by Jasper's. Uh, we've talked about the free parking. I believe we've mentioned it before on the show. Um, At least a thousand times. Uh, I think we've talked about how the, f- the food is pretty good. And like it's a restaurant. Food's so great. That would make What's sense. not to love about the food? Right. Right. Food's great. Uh, they got to grab a go market. It's great happy hours. Great place to watch the game. We've talked about all the things that make it wonderful. Well, during the Christmas season, you can now buy a $100 gift card for $80. So they're just giving you free money along with free parking. And then on top of that, you'll get a $20 gift card for yourself. So basically, you spend 80 bucks, you get 120, 40 of that's for you. A hundred of that goes to somebody else because you want to be nice to your friends and family and you don't want to deal with like, you know, oh, when's this manufacturer going to get that that part shipped to this thing and that's going to show up here and that's not the right color. And no, just go get a gift card from Jasper's. They've got great new menu items. Zero dollars of that gift card has to go towards parking. I don't know if we've mentioned that. And you got yourself a good Christmas gift. There you go. I mean, the, that that free gift card covers like an evening watching the Preds, you know, there you go. If, for, if you, if you go into Jasper's on, on a Preds night, when they're on TV, you can get like a $10 smash burger, um, $3, and beers. $3, $3 beers. You know, you toss a little something else in there. That's 20 bucks. That's a, that's a night out right there. It's such a, it's such an insanely good deal. They're giving <laughs> you, they're giving you a night out with the Preds at Jasper's. <laughs> what else can Jasper's do for you, Nashville? What else could they possibly do for you? They are the next evolution of the sports bar. They are giving you free parking, and now they're giving you a free night out to come watch the Preds for basically $0. I mean, you have to tip the waitress or waiter because they work very hard and they do a great job. And you should over, you should, you should always over-tip if they deserve it. But at Jasper's, sure. they always deserve it. So. They always deserve it. <laughs> go to Jasper's. Oh, man. Uh, everybody out there, go to Jasper's. It's a great place to, to go eat. We do appreciate uh, their support, and uh, they appreciate your support. Go to Jasper's. That was Pete. Message board Pete. At Pete from board, Utah. At Pete from Utah. At Board Genius. He'll be calling into Fine Bomb soon. At Pete from Utah. Um, I, I find the message board community to be absolutely fascinating. I also find... What is it that goes viral? Because every single major media and marketing firm out there is sitting in a boardroom trying to, hey, let's create a viral campaign, right? It, like you, the whole point of virality is that you sort of don't really fabricate it, <laughs> right? right. That it, it has to sort of come from like its own place. And so I find college sports, college football, message boards, the people that hang out on message boards combined with this sort of really creative, authentic idea to just entertain people. I, I find it to be interesting. I hope people, you know, enjoyed the conversation. I think people enjoy the Twitter account a lot. Uh, it's obviously very popular and growing. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot there to discuss because I have never been a message board person, but I've lived in college football media my entire life. I have been a message board person. Uh, you have. Well, so I, I, I'm a you're one I'm of college, those people. I'm I'm a, I'm a college football message board lurker. I don't I don't ever post on them. Now All right. soccer boards are a different matter. You post uh, on the Newcastle board regularly. I do, I do not anymore. Uh, and and there's a, there's a, there's an interesting sort of uh there's an interesting sort of thing here, which is uh you know message boards grew out of this phase of the internet where you know people are looking for community and connectivity, and then there was kind of a split in the social media era. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have migrated to Twitter or migrated to Facebook or migrated to. How about Reddit? 
or, or especially Reddit. I mean, Reddit um, is the free version know, of a message board, right? Like, right, right. For, for, for these, for these sorts of things. And I think that the, the thing that I find really interesting is, is that, I mean, this is a, a one medium taking a look at another, at another medium. Uh, and it's, you know, it, it's these things I, I kind of walked away from message boards for my own personal sanity, but also for, <laughs> you know, for, for time and whatever else. And I, I, I you know, I'm an avid Twitter you know, person for better for or most I'm, definitely I'm, for worse. I'm, I'm right. I'm right there with you. My wife doesn't understand <laughs> it. So I guess we all have our own thing, right? Like my wife doesn't understand why I'm obsessed with Twitter and I love Twitter, but I also don't, as I just said, I don't use Twitter for entertainment. Like I don't watch, you know, funny videos, cat videos on Twitter. I, I watch like Netflix oh, see, specials for that. See, I, I use, think that, I think that I think that's one of the like the the real the real nice things about Twitter and, and like curating your feed so that you know you don't just have like anger and and exasperation <laughs> and whatever else in there. I mean, you know, I've got a number of accounts that I follow like this one that uh, that I know when they pop up, uh, they're just going to make me yeah. feel good. Like there, there, there's a there's a you know Faux, there's a Fobo Polini. <laughs> uh, Fobo Polini is, is a great is a great example of this. You know, the, maybe like one of the best examples of this was like ten years ago. There was a uh, there was a thing in Chicago. Well, kind of, it's going on longer than that because in the early days of Twitter, called Mayor Emanuel, uh, and it was it was a guy writing about <laughs> writing about the Chicago mayor, and it, it got like this huge following, and it was just like highly entertaining. And there, there's a couple of you know there's a bunch of accounts out there that that I find really interesting. And when they pop up in my, when they pop up in my feed, I, I'm genuinely delighted. There's a Beagle account that I follow sure. and it's just like nothing but Beagle photos <laughs> so pops up. And it's like, so it's like, I'm scrolling through It's like, doom, 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 doom. Hey, look, there's a cute <laughs> dog picture. What's and I think, I think if you use social media, like it, it's good to put things like that into your feed because that okay. makes right. you know that makes your, your your experience more enjoyable and put put things like you know message board genius here into in, into it as well because it's just going it's just going to delight you it's going to lighten the mood a bit I, I get it i get it some heavy tunes and some light tunes i, I get it I, I think that what i find fascinating about growing an audience sort of organically and, and what he's accomplished here and what you know, like Spencer Hall is a, is a friend of mine and he, I used to book him on a radio show and he told me he had to go by Orson Swindle. Like he launched a blog every day should be Saturday and he would not go by his real name. He had to go by this other name. And now he's on ESPN on Monday nights, <laughs> like <laughs> as himself, like literally like looking completely disheveled, like a wizard from, you know, Lord of the Rings, like talking about Kentucky secondary or whatever. Like, it's just, there, there is a point. And again, we see like old takes exposed, for example, like there, there are so many huge accounts. I think somebody didn't, somebody just get hired by pro football focus who had built a massive following of like football news for the NFL. And, and now he's now he like changes his handle. And now he's like a full name of a person. Right. So like there, there is this weird, you know, you do this thing that you love because it's organic and authentic and interesting and entertaining. And, and all of a sudden, if you do it well enough, there, there is this point where you sort of get to cross over and like, so, oh, now I'm in the media <laughs> or, or whatever. And it's a really strange way of getting there, but it's very, it's very much the way the world works now. Um, and I, you know, that's why I asked him at the end about that particular uh, transition for him in the future. Who, who knows? But there, there is this interesting thing. Like, isn't there, um, doesn't Devin Nunez cow have a Twitter account that's like being sued by Devin Nunez? It- it does. Like, and it's it's like that 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 is one of the more entertaining things out there. Because what's happening is someone is trying to sue someone else 
who's private and anonymous to give up the account. And like, there's no way to, to do that. Right. Like I, uh, anyway, I just, I find the anonymity versus market size versus audience growth versus monetization, organic virality. Like I, I find all of those things mixed together into this conversation to be fascinating. And it's not really a science. There's not really a definitive way you can and can't do it. Well, and there's a tension that's coming in into this because some some different jurisdictions have looked at different ways of governing social media. So, for instance, uh, in Australia now, there's there's proposed legislation which would which would force a company to unmask anonymous accounts. And on the one hand, you wouldn't. I mean, like nobody nobody cares about the identity of board geniuses. I mean, the, 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 this is this is meant to stop like. Uh, this is meant to stop like troll farms and and things like that where they're creating that are like, actually, all, all of actually these dangerous uh, yeah yeah actually dangerous accounts and so the, the but the, there's going to be a push come to shove here on anonymous accounts and on identity because i because identity is one of the things that forces authenticity online I mean, when you can't hide behind when you can't hide behind an anonymous name you're less likely to to say shitty things to people Although, you know, Facebook logins on comment boards didn't seem to <laughs> didn't seem to quell that over the, over the years. So maybe that's maybe that's ultimately wrong. But there's there's some kind of change that's, that's probably going to happen here in the next, in, you know, yeah. in the next few years. It's, it's I'm very torn because, like, I don't want the government deciding exactly what should be on Twitter. But I also don't want like Mark Zuckerberg deciding what should be on Twitter, well, Twitter or Instagram. Mean, like, I don't want either of them involved, like, but they kind of both have to be involved. And so Snapchat actually in a larger conversation, Snapchat is actually one of the best of all of them in terms of curating honesty and truth into their content. So again, we're off on a different, different topic here and subject, but um, it is fascinating because again, message boards are a place where there is, there, there are, it's no holds barred on what is on those, on those boards. And I worked for, rivals when they had just failed with a advertising free model. They had launched an advertising free model. And as a company, they had failed because it wasn't big enough. And then they became a subscription model and realized that the message boards are what made them the stickiest websites in the world. And and that is at the time before social media prevalence, that was where all of the money was investing in digital internet content. And so it's clearly gone down from there. But but it's never going to go anywhere because I still need a place to go tell I, I I I spoke to Brian Harson's cousin's mother at the at the grocery store and she was buying sweet tea and she told me that he was vac- definitely vaccinated like there has to be a place for someone to go spew that crap somewhere I guess right absolutely and and <laughs> and, and and you're not gonna those as long as those things still exist we're gonna have stuff like you know board geniuses because yep. the the, yep. the sheer lunacy. Is going to give us comedy, and I'm, and that's one of the reasons I'm really happy about that account. All right, ratings and recommendations. Let's get to ratings here real fast. Uh, Titans and Patriots, woof of a football game. Um, Twenty five point eight rating. Obviously, still number one. Raiders and Cowboys. That would have been on Thanksgiving, correct? Correct. Twenty one point four. Bears Lions. Oh my God! I can't believe this many people in Nashville watch that crap. Fifteen point four. I guess you're all but, just waiting for the turkey to get done. I suppose no, not maybe talking we, to your in laws. No, that's see. I didn't watch. I watched like ten minutes of that game total, but it was on in the house. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know where there were like eighteen of us there. You know, getting dinner ready and so forth. And it's the it's the yeah. thing you stand around. I mean, yeah. this is the uh, this is the this is the 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 Godfrey uh, this is the Godfrey uh, screed about. 
you know, bowl games on holidays that, you know, that you have on in the background, you need, you need something to talk about with, with the people that you don't see every, you know, every day of the year. <laughs> well, and Bears Lions is apparently one of them. And there's nothing and bowl games. Listen, the, the reason there's 42 of them is because people keep watching them. So that's exactly right. That, that's the only, like, if you don't like how many bowl games there are, turn them off. That's your only, that's your only recourse. Uh, speaking of it, one, one of the highest rated sec games of the entire year, as you can imagine, <laughs> Alabama Auburn a 14.6 in the SEC the Rams Packers 14.3 so the Iron Bowl close game Bama getting upset potentially goes into four overtimes of course it's one of the highest rated games in the city of Nashville in college football for the entire season uh, but what was interesting was and I, I can't remember if I thought saw you tweet about this but didn't the didn't they like an MLS playoff game get like did. Huge, so huge so there was an early report that said it was like 7 million people that that ended up being ended up being wrong the number but the numbers like close to 2 million people watched that playoff game which game uh, are you talking about uh it was the i think it was Portland and Colorado Portland upset okay. Colorado who's number who was the number one seed in the west but a bunch of people did tune into that and it was one of these things that made made me and i, I think i tweeted this out which was Put an MLS Cup on Thanksgiving. I mean, put put the final on Thanksgiving, uh, and and see what kind of audience you could get. You know, force them to back. They're going to have to back the season up a few weeks anyway because of the World Cup next year. But you know, ending your season at the end of November is intrinsically a good thing anyway. Yeah. Uh, but have it on that Thanksgiving is like a destination date, just so you know. So you think, oh well, the soccer final is today. It's Thanksgiving. It, it, you just have that kind of identification with it uh, naturally. Uh, and, and I think you're going to get a lot of casual fans who tune in because they want something to watch when they're, you know, the, when they're sitting around the table or more accurately on the couch after having <laughs> eaten a third, you know, a third helping of tryptophan laden uh, turkey. Hello, Elastic, my good friend. Thank you for Mark Binda, News Channel 5. All those ratings, of course, every rating point is worth about 11,000 TV homes in Nashville. All right, let's get into some recommendations here before we let you go this weekend. Uh, I'll, I'll get started here. It's sort of like a conglomeration of topics that kind of all work together. Um, so it's a couple of different recommendations, sort of sort of an amalgamation, if you will, Steve. I love that word. First and foremost, I am watching, my wife and I are watching Impeachment on FX which is like the true crime, their true crime series or whatever. Um, but what makes it interesting is that it, that Monica Lewinsky is the executive producer. Billy Eichner's in it. Who's fantastic. He's like, he plays uh, the drudge report guy, which is if you're into media, the drudge report was sort of like the first internet thing that like was like a mess, kind of like a message board. So Eichner is the guy is the reason why I want to watch this thing. He's uh, very good. But but what one of the reasons I love it though is that they they spend so many episodes, four or five episodes, building up the Monica Lewinsky character. And the reason that is important to me, as someone who didn't who was like 16 at the time of the events, was that it 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 is approved by her. She's the one sort of approving all of this, and it paints her in a very accurate light. And that's why I think it's really interesting and really important to sort of understand the dynamics at play. She also just launched a documentary that I have not watched yet called um, 15 Minutes of Shame which is sort of redefining these the way we treat people online and how we act towards other people in terms of you know how cancel culture and PC police ter terms are no longer really what they are. Um, so it's really, really interesting there. And I'll tie this in with an HBO documentary about Woodstock. Hear me out on this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Woodstock, standing by. 
Woodstock 99. And what it's a fantastic documentary on HBO about Woodstock 99, about its epic failures. But there's a lot of societal sort of through lines in the entire documentary. It's re- I had no clue that this that's the direction this was going to go. And there's one scene where K- Kid Rock gets on stage and he just starts blasting Monica Lewinsky for no reason. And it just it ties all into what Monica is trying to accomplish with sort of telling retelling the story in a more accurate way and how people in power basically destroyed this woman's life for 15 years for, for basically no other reason than, than power and control. And it's not just about the Clintons or whatever. It's about everybody. And so th- there is a there's a tenor to our attitude towards women in the late 90s through music that the Woodstock documentary explains and that this impeachment documentary shows, and I think it's it's all tied sort of together in how we behaved as a society towards women at the end of the '90s. It's fascinating. It's all it all works together. Uh, I'll leave it at that because it's a lot of stuff I just threw at you, <laughs> but but it's very very interesting. I have been surprised at how entertaining the Ryan Murphy kind of takes on you know our recent history have been. You know, he was the one. Uh, this is the same. This is from the same series or the same kind of production deal that gave us the OJ Simpson series a few years ago. I didn't the, like that one as much. Did the Johnny Versace one? I liked it. Uh, I liked it a lot more until until OJ Made in America came out right after it, which was and way then, better. Which was which was way better. Uh, <laughs> but but I was very entertained, and plus, yeah, plus yeah. I love uh, you know I love Swimmer as uh, oh what's his name. Uh, uh, I, uh, I Robert, thought, Robert Kardashian going juice, juice. <laughs> Ge- memes alone are, are hilarious. Generally, I don't like the sort of like um, reshot fictional portrayal of the nonfiction story. I like the documentary version, right? Which is why I like the Made in America one versus the FX one. But this one, because Monica has final say on everything, I feel like it's it's extremely accurate. At least that's what I'm taking from it. Or, or it's, it's being naive. <laughs> you're at least getting her point of view. Yes. in a way that you never yes. have before. Exactly. And I think it's important because she was a punchline for 15 years that we reconsider how we were acting and the and you pair it with the Woodstock documentary and you I feel like your eyes will be open to sort of what took place through music and culture and behavior all through the late 90s. Anyway, what how, you got how, to- how merciless is it about Linda Tripp? Um we're we're 6 episodes in and she is not a likable character. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. That's interesting. That's really interesting. So it's probably about right. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have two recommendations. Uh, one is very short. Uh, it's like nine minutes. Uh, the SNL guys will occasionally do these behind the scenes videos. And, and usually it's with former cast members. And so when when Jason Sudeikis was, was hosting a few weeks ago, um, they did one of these kind of things where they they talked about him about his time at snl and it's incredibly entertaining and there's some there's some they they flash some behind the scenes footage including like his audition he got on as a writer before he got on as a performer and you know the class of people that he was auditioning with keenan thompson got it he did not but like but like jb smooth is in there uh finesse mitchell is in there a couple of other people are, are are in there that either barely got on the cast or didn't get on the cast that at that time it's i i find these things really interesting uh and he um he talks uh, he's very philosophical about kind of his time there and what he learned uh he had this great line about cynicism and kind of you know using it as as a sketch writing tool and he said you know <laughs> it, it, he said you know cynicism is 
a currency that we spend here, but it doesn't have a great exchange rate. Uh, uh, and, and it's very such a philosophical, line. yeah. Well, and 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 it, and it, and it, and it, it well, the thing I find really interesting is is you know he does lasso here years later, which is as as non cynical as you'll <laughs> as you'll find. Right. So anyway, so so that's one it, it, you can find it. It's on YouTube. It's on the. It's on the SNL Twitter feed, uh, but but go go find it. It's just a it's just a, a delightful kind of watch. Uh, the other one is uh, sports related, uh, is the Stadio podcast, uh, which if like me you're looking for, <laughs> if you're looking for uh, European soccer uh, 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 entertainment right now since MLS season is over, the the, the Stadio guys uh, it, it's two Englishmen who uh, live in Berlin. They're very astute observers of the game. They've been doing this podcast for a while, and then the Ringer guys picked it up and and kind of and just distributed. Uh, and so it's them uh, once a week, and then they have a they they do have a partnership with Ian Wright. So they're often on Ian, uh, who was former Arsenal striker and and um, big uh, big English player. But the they'll occasionally get like really good pieces on on Wrighty's house. They have uh, like Arsene Wenger, who was the longtime Arsenal manager. Uh, was on there and they had him for like 20 minutes and it was like one of the most kind of like insightful 20 minute interviews you're ever going to hear but these guys are really great and and the best part of it is is like there's like no hot takes on the on the podcast they're just like two very uh literate very uh, astute <laughs> guys watching uh watching european soccer and so, having so a sort of like this show. time with it Sort of like this podcast, is what you're yeah, exactly like this podcast. Um, <laughs> but 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 it is it is just one of the most enjoyable uh, pods that that like I, I listen to it. Uh, you know, it's high in the queue. I make sure I listen to it every single week. It's great. There you have it. Some good recommendations. I feel like that was like 14 recommendations all wrapped up into two, but they're almost always great because this show is amazing. So uh, rate, review, and subscribe exactly, and share the share the show and share the product. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I, I think Steve, there's probably a much much deeper, longer conversation we can have about social media at some point on this show um, that's a little bit more direct to some of the problems that we experience in the media versus what what Pete is doing, which is just having a really good time with content that is very entertaining, that everyone sort of relates to and enjoys. Um, and, and we kind of got into it a little bit, Steve, but I think we could spend like four and a half hours <laughs> on on just social media and, and how, our, how our brains are, are being affected by it and our children and long-term effects on society and, and government regulation and a million other things. So we could do that one day. One, 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 that one day other. is not today. <laughs> that, day, that day is not today. So um, special thanks to Pete at Board Geniuses. Make sure you go check out that account. It is a great follow. You will enjoy it. Check out all the recommendations as well. Steve, Lamestream Sports is brought to you by? It's brought to you by Jaspers. It is, in fact, brought to you by Jaspers. That is the truth. We would never tell you a lie. Go to Jasper's. The parking is free. That's not a lie. The food is amazing. You can, of course, get great specials for all home and road Preds games. They got happy hours all the time. You can buy a $100 gift card right now for $80, save 20%, and get a $20 gift card for yourself. Solve some Christmas shopping problems for yourself with Jasper's. That's what they're here to do. Feed you, park your car, and help you with Christmas. It is the next evolution of the sports bar. Thank you guys all for listening. Thanks to Pete. Thanks to Steve. My name is Braden Gall. Rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Thank you, guys. This has been Lamestream Sports on the 440 Sports Network.